Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck it. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks. Jason, when uh, we were going to do a show this week, I thought the biggest thing to talk about was going to be how Karrion Cross and NXT was spoken about on Monday night, but a lot has happened since then. I mean, we had a bunch of returns on Impact, on WWE Raw, on the pay-per-view, but the big story is CM Punk, after seven long years, could be on his way back, and Bodyslam.net has said Daniel Bryan has signed with AEW. The treatment of Karrion Cross doesn't seem like that big of a deal right now. How, how are you doing today? The idea that you are going to start this fucking show with Karrion Cross, I would have eviscerated you. I w- and we're, and we're going to talk about that. I don't even know if we'll have time to talk about it. I don't want to talk. I mean, we can talk about it. It's fine. But it's just. Anyway, big, big news this week. Um, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan like it looks like they're going to return to AEW and yeah I'm looking forward to getting into it with you and so, you know Money in the Bank was interesting just a lot of interesting stuff going on absolutely so let, let's start with the big story of the week of the two returning possible stars to AEW there was a lot of talk by Tony Khan a couple of months back that there was four people that they were looking to uh, to bring in either right away or in the very future a lot of people thought, you know, Black and Andrade were the two obvious ones. And the pipe dreams would be Daniel Bryant, whose, you know, wife was on the Total, Total Bellas, Total Divas, and, you know, was mostly a WWE lifer. With that show coming to an end shortly, Daniel Bryant seems a lot more obvious. And CM Punk, who's been a, away for like almost a decade. Which one of those two do you think will mean more long-term and short-term? So... Instead of looking at it like that, I, I want to talk about the individual guys. Because sure. I, I don't know, they're both they're both older. They both don't have long to go in a ring. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, and yeah. I think it's 40. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, right, like, they've, so, I, you know, this is Brian's last. But I think, Corey, the interesting thing is Daniel Bryan, right? He didn't have issues with WWE. He was treated very well there. He was in the main event of WrestleMania. And yeah, he lost, but like, who cares? He was one of the highlights of SmackDown. He was someone who the WWE really wanted to keep. They were trying to work out a deal with New Japan, partially because of Daniel Bryan. And he's still leaving. I think that that's really, really interesting to me. And um, it it shows you that AEW's got some real clout. That's what it shows you. That people are like, hey, there's money behind this. They have a show that a million people are watching every week. They have a legitimate product that people are into. And I think that's why Punk is, is also is, is going there, it looks like. And we'll get to him in a minute. But I think the Daniel Bryan thing is so fascinating. The idea that he's leaving a place that has really been good to him unlike, you know, Black and Andrade and the millions of other people. Uh, but they've treated him really well. So the fact he's leaving is a big surprise. Um, I could see him sitting down with Vince and saying, Vince, I want to go there because I also want to wrestle in New Japan. And I could see him on New Japan strong. You know, uh, we'll see how COVID works. 
I, I just think it's really, really interesting that he's going. Um, and we'll kind of we'll kind of see how it goes. But also, they're going to give him a nice schedule. You know, Daniel Bryan's not going to have to be like he was on SmackDown every week. He apparently is a bit aid. You know, they can do pre tapes. He probably wants to be there on AEW what twice a month, maybe. So his schedule is also going to be good too. So I I, I think really really interesting. Um, as far as who's going to make the most impact, I don't know, Corey. It's hard because two years ago I would have said CM Punk. No, without question, I think some of the shine has come off him a little bit. I think his timing is is a little bit off. You know, he's kind of getting on the train. He's like an NBA player getting on a train that's on their way to a championship already. Now, I could be wrong, right? He could make the biggest impact ever and be, you know, CM Punk of old and, and all this other stuff. Um. But I, I think, I, I don't know. I don't know where he, where he, where he is. Also, hasn't wrestled in a long time. Now I'm sure he'll be fine, um, but he hasn't wrestled in a long time. Um, how do they use him? Is he more of a special attraction? Do they have too many guys? You know, God bless the Blade being on this show. Once Brian and Punk come, you know, good, good luck to the Blade getting on the show again. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, and I guess I would say punk because he was such a big name. He's still a big name. He's been this kind of reclusive personnel personality who's been around, but hasn't been around. Uh, so you gotta think he would be the guy. I also think the interesting thing is like, man, it would have been nice for this to be a surprise. You know, I, one of them, you know, Daniel Bryan, I think would be more like, all right, well, we kind of maybe see that coming, but CM Punk in Chicago, just showing up at the end after Adam Page is beaten Omega. I mean, Jesus, what, what, um, the roof would have come off the place. Now it still might, okay. but everyone's going to be, everyone's going to be chanting for him the whole time. And the other thing is, does that take away a little bit of, from the pay-per-view? Is that going to take a little bit away from all out that everybody's sit, going to be sitting there looking at the entrance, waiting for CM Punk to show up? So I, I think, you know, uh, obviously it'll be good that he's there, um, whatever they're paying him, they have the money. Um, and Daniel Bryan, obviously, I mean, he's 40 years old. He's toward the end of his career. Uh, the guy has had some of the best matches. I mean, the match he had with Reigns a few months ago was, again, one of the better matches of Reigns' career. So I think in terms of who is more valuable, I, I, in terms of match quality, in terms of overall package, it's probably Brian. In terms of star power, it's probably Punk. And uh, so, I mean, I... <laughs> I have no idea how this is going to play out or if it's going to be, if it's legit, who knows things could break down, but it's looking likely they're going to be headed to AEW. Well, I'm going to let Jay take a quick swig of water or the beer of the choice. So he can, after his nice soliloquy, he just gave, gave all the people out there. Um, first of all, I would say that I kind of, I agree with you that both of them could have much different type of impacts. I think that CM Punk being away from the ring for seven years besides, you know, two, uh, you know, things where he ran in under a mask, apparently at some indie shows, see how long, you know, it's like, you know, is it really like riding a bicycle where you, you're gone for seven years, you get in there for a couple of months, you do the show heels, 
and all of a sudden you have the love again for the the product and you know doing some stunts is that going to make you you know the cm punk of you know seven plus years ago i'm not sure i mean i do think that when he did the show with oral sessions with uh, renee young a couple of months back he said yeah money money is a nice thing but it has to be the the right ideas and i think what you said over there was they're going to be and uh jacob of the um step back podcast brought up a very interesting thing he asked Who's going to be most helped and most hurt by these if all of these guys truly are coming in? And I think that this is the importance of having that second show on, on Fridays. We'll see what it is or how big, you know, if it really will be, you know, a SmackDown level show or if it's going to be, you know, main event and we sit there and go. Oh, no, we know it's not, Corey. We know it's not. I mean, what, what I'm are we saying is it's going to be a it's going to be a big show. I understand. But what I'm saying is the idea that with all the guys who might get lost from the star power of Brian and Punk coming in, there's another avenue, another show for them to be on. So at least some of these guys aren't going to all of a sudden be working every week and then we'll never see them, you would think. You know, so I mean, there is space. And one of the things that they spoke about on why they're bringing in other people in was because they brought in the second show. Now, are there going to be people who have been pushed right now or may get lost, especially in the short term, with uh, the idea of Punk and Brian coming in? Absolutely. I mean, the guys who are truly over, we're going to see from the fans, will be on the show. Like you said, I know you said kidding. Like the guy, like the blade, might he gone? I'm not gone, but you know he's gonna he'll barely you barely see him on you know dynamite. I mean, he's gonna be gone in terms of not being around. Right. I mean, you you will hope that like guys like the acclaim, who are the fresh young guys and really good on the mic, have a chance to go and still be part of the show and not relegated to you know the YouTube shows. You know, so is Rampage an hour, Rampage is an hour or two hours? Uh, one hour show, Fridays at 10 o'clock, right? After you know, I, you know, I think the interesting thing, right? And again, we saw this for the second straight week. I think there was only one women's match. And, you know, hey, we got these big shows. And that match was not great, by the way, either. Very, the, very the, the, the end, like three or four minutes was it, good. The rest it was a very, it was a very clunky match. Very clunky match. So it was a very clunky match. So, they only had one match and it was a match that hyped up for weeks, right? Like they have not done a lot. We haven't seen a lot of women on these shows. Uh, where's Jade Cargill been? You know, it's so it's interesting what's happened. You have these bigger shows there and these shows are loaded and they're putting the stars in there. Yeah. They're putting a couple of, you know, you know, I don't want to call Blade a Hammenager, but I mean, he's a Hammenager. Right. So you have you, you you're gonna have you know a couple of Hammenagers thrown in there. Really, you do right now is a Hammenager. Um, but they're placed in matches with the stars, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, right? It's not two n- not known products going at it. And so I I I don't know. Rampage is an hour, dynamite's two hours. You know, they've got dark and elevation. Like, I mean, I know you you watch it, you love those shows. I, I could care less. Um, and it's not a show that's like, oh, that's, you know, they're, they're not doing storylines generally on those shows. I've watched a bunch of them. It's, they're fine. So I think as far as, I think you can figure that stuff out. I still think they have to figure out the women's division. I still think that it's a gigantic, gigantic problem that they have to figure out. Um, I think it was helped a little bit by, on her birthday, officially signing with AW, Thunder Rosa will now be a full-time part of the roster. So I think that will help. And, you know, I, still, I do think that 
some of the women like Statlander being healthy. I think she's been very good since coming back. But I, I mean, agree. I do think, and you know what? Yeah. Well, of course they don't. They just don't have any. Ma- they're not having women's matches. I mean, yeah. again, not comparing it to NXT, but I'm just going to. And yeah. I know I, I know women's matches, right? NXT, the main event of the show was a women's match. The main event of the show. And how often does that happen? Uh, it happens. And it happens all the time. I yep. think Raquel Gonzalez, Corey, you, you watch these shows. You know what I'm talking about. I'm you know how, you know, no, but you're that. saying, but you're asking a question. You know the answer. We know how NXT profiles the women to be, to be stars like the men are. Whereas they're like, you know, other than Britt Baker, for the most part, you know, and, and I think Thunder Rosa, they, they, they put as kind of a, a star. Um, so I don't know where, how they're going to weave a women's division with a few stars, but not many, um, how they're going to weave that into the show. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, it'll be interesting to, to see, to see what, it, what, you know, how this all plays out, but I'll say this too. And we'll talk about, I guess, dynamite more as we go along. The crowd was hot. The crowd was really, really hot. Um, so, Corey, I have a question for you. With CM Punk, right? So, we got All Out coming up in Chicago. Um, do we see do we see higher buy rates based on the fact Punk might be there? And then that first Dynamite, right? That first Dynamite will be after will be, what, Milwaukee or something? Oh, I think it's Milwaukee the week before. But that first Dynamite where Punk may appear, I mean, do, do we get... I don't know, 1.5 million people. I mean, do we get the big number that we've all been that we've all been kind of waiting for? I definitely think the buy rate buy rate goes up 100%. 100%. I think watching these shows with crowds and how fired up they've been. I mean, they made that Britt Baker match look way better than it was cuz the crowd was so great. So, buy rates ratings. Well, their highest rating ever I believe is like the 1.4 the the first week that they were doing the uh, doing the show. So, I mean, and then I believe this week was their third highest rating ever with the uh, 1.2 or 1.15, whatever it was. So, I mean, they're going in the right direction. I mean, I think you bring up a great point there. What is the high, lo- the high baseline for when Punk and uh, Brian, or if it's just Punk, when they come in, what is, what's the high end? And do you promote... The idea of punk coming in if it was me i would have i wouldn't have punk debut at all out i would have punk debut either at the dynamite in chicago or on that friday the rampage in chicago so one it doesn't overshadow like you were saying earlier everyone sitting there for the whole time night enjoying the show but going when is punk going to come out and i think that would be one of those things where you say this is must see on like if you go friday 10 o'clock CM Punk opens the show, you know that you have to watch at 10 o'clock or DVR or whatever. It's a must-watch show. You know, I mean, that's what I would do. I mean, of course, selfishly, we're going to be there on that Wednesday. I would go and love to see CM Punk come out on that show. But I would have him definitely come out in Chicago, but I would have him come out on one of those two earlier shows so it doesn't overshadow. And also, you can use that as first time in pay-per-view, other than, of course, UFC get for the first time in seven years, you're going to see CM Punk and you can get that last minute fire. I wouldn't just have the idea of, you know, I know he was there for the, for, for all, for all in or all out, whatever the, you know, the original one was, but he was there at StarCast and he was 
doing the whole time of conversation and it was a huge success, I wouldn't just go and say, this guy could be coming in, look out for somebody, possibly another big reveal in Chicago. I would have him there and that would maybe help the buy rate. So you maybe for the first time doing a promo or something, you know, at all out. Yeah. I, cause I think, right. If, if they're chanting for Sam Punk and dine on dynamite, I think that's fine. Like, I don't think that's a big deal. Rampage, same thing. I think if they're doing that on a pay-per-view, I think that's not great because they've been building these matches up for so long. Right. So um, I think your point is a good one. I think probably a better spot might be a dynamite. Um, you know, you can have them say, Hey, I'm going to make an appearance on a pay-per-view, you know, and they're not saying what he's going to do, but they're saying he's going to make an appearance. So, you know, he's going to be there. Um, yeah. I, 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 I just, you know, rampage is going to be an interesting show. Cause they're going to want that to be a big show. Um, you know, do they make it a show similar to a uh, SmackDown and raw where you kind of have, you know, Moxley always on rampage or, you know, Cody always on rampage, or do you switch it? Have a guy wrestle on Wednesday and on Friday. That seems to be too much. Um, and you can interchange them too. But I do wonder if, if that becomes more of a thing or if they switch it up because they're like, you never know what's going to happen on Fridays. Um, I'm not so much worried about the rating because it's 10 o'clock on a Friday. Like who the hell knows what that's going to come out to. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, but Sam Punk is, uh, I mean, he's a big name. He's a big, he's the I biggest, guess, he's the biggest name. He's the biggest name they can get. I do wonder though. And this is the thing that's really interesting. Every year that goes by that he doesn't wrestle. And yes, being in Chicago helps the, the, the lore of him possibly showing up. But like I said, it's been seven years. And, you know, the only things we've really seen him is, is, you know, get knocked, basically get knocked silly in a, one entertaining UFC fight and another one, which was a, a, a bore. And, you know, he's been in a couple of, you know, B-level movies, which I've never seen. I know he's going to be in the show Heels on Stars in a couple of weeks. But, you know, how much longer, if he doesn't do it now, is the interest level going to be for CM Punk? Like, he keeps on getting older. And for me, and you, I mean, if you remember this, six or seven years ago is when we started doing this show. I, I was looking back, I think it was episode six. It was titled CM Punk is Gone. So basically throughout the whole time of our podcast, there has been up and down rumors of him coming back. And as it's gone along, I remember, you know, listening to you, you were less and less, a little bit interested in coming back. You were like, I'll believe it when I see it. That was at least at one point, you know, if he doesn't come back this time, is this the end where we finally say who cares? Or does it, is the allure of CM Punk that big that it's, you know, another three years makes it 10. We still care about a guy who's now almost 45, 46 you know? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we have to worry about that. I think we have to worry about do we care now. I mean, I, I think that I think the bigger question is do we care now? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I've always CM Punk for the time he was in WWE and for the beginning when I was watching ROH here and there, I knew he was a big star. And you know, I saw his first match when he was on ECW. Me and a uh, friend of the po podcast, uh, Alfred Mercado went and saw his first appearance when he came up, you know, gets just incredible. And, you know, the crowd knew him from that moment. And there's always been this thing of he was the outlaw type of guy. I mean, I'll be super excited, especially if we see him live, but I just don't know if he, I think Daniel Bryant is a bigger draw right now 
for the for at least the average fan. Maybe the hardcore fan is looking at Punk as the guy who said F you to the WWE. Yeah, he took Fox's money, but he's coming back for the love of wrestling at this outlaw group. You know, with the yes. Well, I, they're not, I mean, they're not, an out, they're not an outlaw group. Right, but I'm just saying the alternative, a real alternative. <clears throat> Where, you yeah. know, I think that, you know, Daniel, Brian Danielson or, or Daniel Bryan, whatever you want to call him, I think for the average fan and the fan who's watching now, like you said, he had a great match earlier this year at WrestleMania and the one on one match they had with uh, Roman Reigns. So, you know, like him or hate him, he's one of the biggest things going on in the, in the wrestling world right now. I think the average fan, like I said, with the Yes movement and everything else, knows who he is. I think the kids actually, you know, like Daniel Bryan. A lot more, and that's who you're trying to get. Well, the- I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that you're just trying to bring in kids. I, I don't, I don't. Oh, no, no, they I, just I, had a hardcore kids, match with people bleeding all over the place and thumbtack. I don't think they're trying to get kids. I think she's trying to get eighteen to thirty-four. And no, you're right. And, and I'll and I'll say this: my buddy Dugan uh, just texted me. He said me. he said if if CM Punk comes back, I might watch AEW, right? And I. He was so different. And, you know, I did a whole CM Punk deep dive on YouTube. I don't know, during the pandemic earlier this year, I just watched a bunch of CM Punk feuds. He was so different on the mic than anybody in wrestling. How kind of realistic he was, how articulate he was, how good he was on the mic. Um, He was transformative. Like he was a generational talent on the mic. And um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I remember that feud with Undertaker and Corey, and I, and I know he lost and people kind of shit on it. Like the Undertaker wasn't even there. He was barely there. He had to carry that feud. And those promos, I'll still never forget them. They were just unbelievable. And, you know, I, I love a lot of the current guys, you know, MJF and, and, and those guys. What he had to do to carry some of these feuds in the WWE was just on another level. And does he still have that in him? I, I think there's no doubt. You know, once a talker, always a talker. Can he deliver in the ring? I mean, Corey, I, I'm going to be honest. Chris Jericho and, you know, he, we're going to see him out there every week. He don't look great. Right. His matches are fine. Like they're okay, but he looks pretty slow. He does not look amazing out there. And CM Punk is in, I can guarantee is in way better shape than Jericho is now. Now, does that mean he's in wrestling shape? No, but what, what's it July now he's got a, you know, a month or so to really train and get himself together. I'm sure he could figure it out. And if they've been in talks for this long, I'm sure he's already probably been training. Um, so, you know, I, I think that part will be fine. I think, you know, Daniel Bryan is a big name for sure. I don't know that they'll get more people to watch because of Daniel Bryan. I think their product will be better because of him. I think they could get more people to watch because of CM Punk. I think there is an element of wrestling fans who thought he was really cool and different and they left because he left and wrestling has a superhero and these goofy corny characters. And so he just has that believability. And so, I, you know, 
I think he could really change could could really change things. What kind of impact he ha- he has remains to be seen, but I think that potential is there. But this is it. I mean, he's got to either come back, you know, now or you know, it's now it should or should have get off the pot time. I do think he should have come back. Now it's hard because we, we had the pandemic, right? So it's like, would he, he wouldn't have come back during the pandemic. Um, but I do think he should have come when AEW started. But maybe he didn't want to be a part of something that he didn't know. You know how, how he's a kind of a weird guy. So, you know, I mean, I guess this is the, this is the time for him to come back. And we'll kind of see what happens. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think this could be one of those things to we'll be looking at week after week what, what happens. Um, Jackie Endy from the You Don't Know Jackie podcast wrote, I'm still interested. That was a little while ago, you know, talking about the return of both. And uh, she also write, uh, write, wrote, uh, I know I'll be following the Workshop uh, podcast to see how it all turns out. Because, you know, I'm pretty sure she wants to find out how her buddy uh, Jason's doing every week and his opinions compared to mine. But um, I do think, you know, closing this out at least, that both these guys are still difference makers. I do think that it's going to be interesting to see when they debut. I mean, there's been a thousand rumors over the last, you know, two days or so on how you bring these guys in, you know, do you bring them in together? You know, I, I do think that there's a good chance, like we said before, that we'll see CM Punk on one of those shows in Chicago. And the rumor right now is that the Arthur S show uh, in September 22nd will be more than likely when De- uh, Brian Danielson debuts. Uh, and what you said earlier, which I think is very smart, and that's been a big thing on this, is whoever had the deal with New Japan Pro Wrestling was where he was most likely going to go. And if, if these reports by, you know, Bodyslam.net are true with Brian Danielson, I think that this is going to be one hell of a, you know, couple of years or however long it takes where he still has left to see what, he, you know, a whole new thing. Him versus Omega is interesting. Him versus Punk again, you know. Him versus uh, Page. I mean, there's a lot of matchups that could be really interesting with both these guys. So I guess before we move on, just your, who do you most want to see on the current AEW roster? And we'll say the obvious choice is Kenny Omega, but who do you want to see Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson or CM Punk face when they, if they come in? Orange Cassidy. I think he's a really, really interesting, unique, different guy. Uh, I've been really impressed with his matches too. Like he, he's really good in the ring. And his style is interesting. Uh, and I think I think that could really, really be cool. So um, I think he's like, you know, I think he's the guy. You know, obviously you got you have Paige. Um, you know, they've already had Moxley. So, they, so they've already had him. Jericho is I'm all set. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Cassidy actually would be the guy. Because I think I think it'd be a really, really, really fun match. Um and, and the other thing is just real quick on a new Japan thing. I mean, the, they, they had, they, AW has, has a U.S. champion, right? Like, I don't know how they could not have a relationship with new Japan. You know, Andrade just struck a deal with them to wrestle in new Japan as well. I believe. Oh, really? so, I, I think he's, I think he's going to, I think he can wrestle in AAA in new Japan. Mm-hmm. So, right. Like they already have the deal. And so it, it, you know, it makes sense for him to go. And this is the, his last time wrestling. He main evented WrestleMania and probably, probably Daniel Bryan's thing was I main evented WrestleMania already for the second time. What else am I going to do? Like, they're not going to give me the title, right? I mean, they might, but 
you know, I don't even know if he wants that. I don't think he wants the title. Like, I think he's, I think part of him was bored. You know, I think he's a, I think he's a different kind of cat too. Um, and I think he's bored. And like most great competitors, great athletes, um, great, whatever you do, right. Uh, great teacher, great, you know, whatever you want to challenge, you want to challenge yourself um, in a different area, a different school, a different subject, uh, you know, whatever on a different team. And I think he wants to challenge himself and see where he is you know, with these guys. I guess my answer quickly would be for punk, especially on the mic. I love to see him versus MJF. I think they would have pure chemistry and it might be a, no one be able to get a word edgewise for, you know, three or four days as a result of it. I think that'd be really interesting. And for uh, Brian Danielson, I'd love to see him face uh, a Phoenix or, you know, a pop or someone of like, that. I mean, of course, you know, it's super dangerous guy who's had neck injury with their style, but I think I never, I don't remember ever seeing at least in WWE system, Pac versus Daniel, you know, versus Brian Danielson. I, they may have faced each other either in, on the Indies maybe years ago, but I think their chemistry could be, you know, fantastic especially and i guess the last thing very i do think it's gonna be interesting due to the fact that what happened post uh trial with cm punk and coca banner used to be the closest of friends especially so on the podcast they don't they haven't spoken to each other in a couple of years and i wonder the two of them can they work together i mean i think that's an automatic idea for a few it was the last time coca banner's been on dynamite wrestling uh, in a match it's gotta be a little while yeah. all right so, yep all right all right, like I said, uh, continue to fo- we'll continue to follow this story. You can catch our opinions at Workshoot Pod on Twitter and Instagram. So, but moving on to the maybe the biggest return before this of the weekend. A lot of people knew that the plan for WrestleMania was John Cena versus Roman Reigns. We weren't sure how we were going to get there, and it sounds like Cena is going to be there for a lot of these shows for the next couple of weeks leading up to SummerSlam. What was your thoughts on? the return of John Cena at the pay-per-view and then the promo on Monday. Yeah. So a little anticlimactic because you knew he was coming. Right. Um, Yeah. I I, I mean, listen, John Cena, since his run with the U S open challenge, and he's had these great promos, whatever to me, he went to the next level Um, and his promos have been next level. Since he's done the thing where he puts other people over and that's where the U S open challenge thing started, where he kind of put other people over. He wasn't just cutting a promo on people, right? He was also kind of putting people over at the same time. And I think once he started doing that, I felt like he was like, like another level for me. And since he's come back, he's done that. The Bray Wyatt feud, a couple of the other feuds. So I think it could be, Really interesting. He didn't say much on Raw. You know, he just kind of came out and was like, I'm back. I'm here. Roman Reigns is an asshole. I want to fight him. That's it. I mean, and that's all you need to say. Now, someone kind of pointed it out. I think it was Sean Rossap said, you know, he doesn't need, they don't, this doesn't need to be for the title. But again, I don't think they can have Reigns lose this title until maybe Big E, right? Um, I, but I know that they have him lose his title in a really long, and and it, and I think that would be exactly how they'd have to have him lose, in a fluke, a complete fluke. So he can have, you know put himself over. Um, so it'd be a good way for him to be champion, uh, and a good way for Reigns to not look bad. Uh, that being said, um, yeah, I think Cena 
and Reigns' match will be fine, but I do think it is going to make for really, really good television. I think SmackDown is going to be must-watch on Fridays for the next couple of weeks. Um, One of the things that we've heard is that Vince wants to make these like really, really big shows and have surprises and a bunch of stuff. So, And Raw was one of the better Raws they've had in a while. Um, I mean, it was one of the better Raws. I know you're mad about Karen Cross, but... Um, I thought it was one of their better shows. Now, was it like, a, was it as good as NXT or Dynamite? Absolutely not. But, you know, it, the show had life to it, which we I haven't seen. And, you know, the show had life to it. And so, like, do I think in general Dynamite shows are better than NXT? From a wrestling show? No. From a entertainment point? Yes, because there's a lot of life in AEW shows crowds going crazy there's uh, just energy a lot of energy so so anyway yeah i thought cena brought a lot of energy um i expect to see him on smackdown a lot i wouldn't be surprised if he's on raw i guess we're gonna get goldberg on raw you know fucking trotting his ass out there but um no um very very uh exciting start for cena and i, I think it's gonna make for good television with him and reigns um i thought well the re- i guess the reason why i asked you night one compared to night two was because I thought night one, the reaction that he got at Money in the Bank pay-per-view is one of the biggest positive reactions he's had in what, the last decade or more where it was always the half-like, half-eight Cena. And I think that, you know, the heart, like, you know, grows fond of what it hasn't seen in a long time. And I think the stuff he's done sat out of outside of W has actually helped, you know, him. Um, certain things we're not going to talk about stuff outside, but I think that the reaction that he got, I thought was amazing. You know, he, you could say some people knew he was going to be there. Others didn't. But when that music hit, the crowd went crazy. I mean, they've swinged a couple of things like, you know, on Raw maybe. So maybe the, not all the crowd reactions have been pure. But I do think that I'm not sure. The thing I didn't love about that first night was, you know, him going and being, you know, all jokey Cena at first. And, you know, there was it didn't feel like you had that true like anger or really understanding why he was there that first night he was just in there gave the you know you can't see me and then went to the corner and said hello to all the fans no i say i just i completely disagree i think what he was doing there is he was showing him up he's like you just want to match but i'm going to show you who the, who the hell i am i'm the i i'm the main event i'm the main event that's why i'm not even gonna, i'm barely going to acknowledge you and i'm going to come out and that's the whole acknowledging him i'm going to come out and I'm gonna I'm gonna come out here and steal your spotlight. So I don't think he was joking at all. I think he was showing him up. Um, as far as the reaction goes, I think it's I think that part's interesting. But I think now, even when the people were saying Cena sucks, like the once the open challenge thing, it was a respect thing for sure. And so I don't think it was a after a while. I don't think it was a Cena suck. I don't think people like hated him. Like the last couple of years he was in the WWE, I don't think people really hated him. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted him to turn heel and then he'd dick around and joke around about it. But I don't think he really, I, I don't think that level of like vitriol was there that it was earlier in his career. Um, like that, like that, you know, the ECW, you know, that the RVD, yeah, yeah. EC, you know, I mean, like that, that vitriol wasn't there for him then those last couple of years. And now I think people are just like, Hey, it's great. He's back. Like, you know, there's a star here. We don't have many of those in WWE. So it's like, um, and you know, 
Also, the fans were excited for everything. They've been excited for every single thing that's happened. They've been excited for Nikki, almost a superhero. They were very excited. I mean, they're just excited to be white. If it was me and you and a rat, be like, oh my God, what's going to happen, right? Like, they're just excited. So, you know, uh, we'll see how it goes over the next few weeks and the crowd reaction. Um, but I think it, it's going to be fun. Yeah, so, but then on the, the following night, I thought the promo, the actual promo itself, I thought was a solid promo uh, on Monday. But the only thing that I didn't love was if, if you actually have watched Roman Reigns over the last, you know, eight or nine months since he's come back uh, post uh, during the pandemic, now that we hopefully are a little better, is the idea that he said, you know, I, I understand. <laughs> but the, um, the idea that, you know, if you're good, you want other people to tell you. And then if you're great, that, you know, you know that you're great, basically. If you've watched Roman Reigns over the last, you know, nine months, he's shown with his promos and everything else, his dominance, that he is the guy. And the and and I guess you and then yeah, you know, but Corey, but Corey, I'm interrupting you there too. Yeah. Okay. He keeps telling people he wants to be acknowledged, and that's what Cena's referring to. Cena's I, referring to the fact that he keeps telling people, "You have to acknowledge me. You have to acknowledge me." And he's saying, like, if you're great, you don't have to keep telling people to acknowledge you; they just will. Nine's right. So that so that's where so that's where that's where that's from, um, and I'm sure. And again, it was a very quick promo too. So that was the that was the kind of like step step one in in how he's going to build it. So yeah, I, I think I actually think, and this is where Cena could do this with Reigns, where they could say, "Hey, let's figure out how we want to make this look," and they don't have, and you know, they don't have Vince on their back or Bruce Pritchard or some 25-year-old writer who doesn't know shit, they could actually say, hey, like, let's do this. And I, I so I think I think all this was intentional. When a WWE does a storyline right, it is fucking spectacular. It doesn't happen often <laughs> at all. But I think with this Reigns thing, he's in control of his story. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, the edge stuff was was good, was pretty good. Um, I, you know, I think they've done a good, the Daniel Bryan stuff I thought was great. And that's basically like edge and Daniel edge and rain saying, this is what we're doing. Daniel Bryan and rain saying, this is what we're doing. And this is Cena and rain saying, this is what we're doing. So I think this is, I actually think it's all by design. I know people are going to say, Oh, you're crazy. WWE so terrible with their storylines. Yes. But I don't think, I think this is Cena and reigns coming up with this stuff. I think reigns was, uh, Cena was very involved in, the feud with Bray Wyatt with a lot of the stuff they did with the, with the fun house stuff too. So, so yeah. So I, I think this has been by design, which. Wait, how makes- did he get out of the fun house? That's, I, you know, wasn't he still stuck in there? But uh, I agree with you. I could see this being really good, but the one thing I just hope and Cena, I think it was good at this at points, but a lot of times, you know, he gets back into the jokey Cena. The first feud that they had when they were going back and forth with promos, I thought it was one of the high points of Cena's, you know, last run. But a lot of times Cena will go and do, you know, this stuff where he becomes jokey Cena. Corey, he, he hasn't that, done that. Corey hasn't done that in a long time. He hasn't done that. In a, he, hasn't done, he didn't do that in the Bray Wyatt feud. That was a very serious feud. He didn't do that in the last range feud. That was a very, he hasn't done that. I'm saying he didn't. I'm just hoping he over hasn't, five weeks of promoting this. I hope those don't like seep in. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, he might joke in a promo, but I, I think he already uh, he his first promo was already like hey this is what's going on 
So I don't, I don't, I don't anticipate that happening at all. All right. Um, so before we move on to the other big debut, before all this other stuff came out, you want to give any quick thoughts on uh, Money in the Bank? Because we kind of, you know, brought up little this little that earlier. What was Jesus. your? Uh, um, I mean, we already have a new woman champion, um, Nikki, Nikki, Nikki Ash. Um, I thought it was. I thought the show was fine. Um, I'm really happy for Big E. And they've done, a, you know, I know, I think uh, Jason Powell said they kind of forecasted Big E winning on SmackDown, but that's not when they forecasted it. I've watched Talking Smack every week and they forecasted on SmackDown, Talking Smack every week on Talking Smack with him and Paul Heyman. And he is on there every week, um, almost every week. And Big E keeps saying, I'm going to win a title. I'm going to win a title. I'm going to main event WrestleMania. He's been saying that for like, I don't know, eight months or whatever, even when he's losing to the commander Aziz and Apollo Cruz. So, um, and that's why talking smack, I think is a show that people need to watch. Um, Paul Heyman's not there anymore. I don't understand why. I think it's really bad. I think it's a bad decision. Um, but I do like McAfee this week was weird, but in general, I think it's going to be McAfee and, and Kayla. Um, yeah, so I'm really happy for Big E. I, he seems like a great guy. Um, he's very good in the ring. He's a really good personality. The fans were really excited for him. Um, I think when he gets the title, I think he has a chance to be the next WWE superstar. I think he has a chance to really be that guy because he's got the in-ring. He's got the personality. Um, so I, I hope that, that he does that. As far as the rest of the show goes, oh, my God, I'm trying to think. There's been so much shit since then. Um, yeah, no, I, I, th- I thought it was a, a, a solid show. The Edge Reigns match, uh, a little slow for me. Little and I know, I know Reigns wrestles a slow pace, but I feel like, like with Daniel Bryan, if he wrestles a slow pace, it's easier because Daniel Bryan is Daniel Bryan's style where he can quicken the pace, but Edge wrestles a slow style too. He's 50 years old, so it's hard to have two guys wrestle a slow style and then have to pick up the pace really, really quickly. Um, so I, 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 I did not love the match. I mean, the match yeah, with Cesaro was an amazing match. And, you know, but Cesaro can, like, really wrestle that style. So, you know, not my favorite match, um, but it accomplished what it needed to. We knew Rollins against Edge was going to be a SummerSlam match, and that appears to be the case. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the results were kind of some of the results that we thought except for probably Nikki Ash being a surprise. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought a decent show. Um, I thought it was a good show. I mean, one of the things I think dragged the show a little bit, I'm sure, just like a lot of things, Jay will disagree with me on this week's episode. Um, but I thought that, I understand they were trying to milk the crowd and the ambiance of everything, but the entrances took 400 years, especially, you know, with the Roman Reigns match and the women's the women's. Um, Money in the Bank match, but that's that's besides it. I thought the best match on the show was the women's title match for uh, for Raw. Yeah, that was a great and match. And this was a prime example of what you were saying before, not going back to CM Punk. And for, for those who are you know joining us late, we spent the first you know 30 minutes of the show talking about the Punk, uh, Brian Danielson uh, story. But you had, for the first like five minutes of that match, you had the fans chanting for Becky Lynch. And these women worked so hard that they got over the fact of the fact the fans wanted to see Becky. And by the second half of this match, you had them doing the chance of, you know, you know, 
Wrestle Forever and all the other things, you know, that they that the fans do, they won the crowd back on how good that match was. So I I really appreciate I know that Rhea Ripley has been since she's left NXT, they don't know how to go and book her. And I think the reason why they took the title off her was to try to protect her from the cash in on the on, on Monday. And if you I don't know if you know this, Jay, but there's three times, you know, Charlotte Flair has been cashed in for the money in the bank. So that's that's an interesting idea and realize until Monday. But that's um, that's, that's funny. I thought it was a phenomenally really good match. It might have been the best match that Rhea Ripley's had since she's been on the main roster. Uh, oh, no, I don't think that's even a question. I don't think that's even a question. hundred percent agree. Okay. Their styles match up really well. Um, you know, like I can't wait, wait for Raquel to come to the main roster and wrestle against like Rhea because they had really good matches in NXT. I think their styles match up, you know, kind of two big you know, bigger, taller, muscular, athletic women. Um, and they just have, you know, sometimes wrestlers just have great chemistry and they just have tremendous, tremendous chemistry. Definitely Rhea Ripley's. I, I want to get your take on this quick. I know the show, we've already gone so long, but, um, you know, Rhea Ripley talked about the whole idea of not being a baby face. And, and she says, you know, you know, Stone Cold was a tweener and, and blah, blah, blah. And I could be a tweener. I think her being a tweener is not the problem. I think we haven't really gotten an idea on who she is. Like we don't really know anything about her. I mean, her she's, going, just, she's just a, she's just a, uh, yeah, she's just the champion, and then was put in this like weird feud, and then they're doing dual, uh, you know, with the you know dual crutches hitting each other with crutches. So I I don't think we've gotten a chance to figure out who the hell Rhea Ripley is. Right. And I don't think it's that she's a baby face or she's a heel or whatever. She doesn't have to say, hey, I love the fans here in Dallas, Texas. But we do need to know, like, who you are and, like, cut a promo about something other than, like, I want to be just like Charlotte or whatever. It's just it's been wrapped up in Charlotte and not enough about who Rhea Ripley is. So maybe this her losing the title will be good because it'll kind of they'll be able to. Now, I say this on Raw and, you know. The booking on there is ay ay ay, but maybe they'll you know they'll they'll kind of delve into her character and who she is a little bit without having to worry about like defending the title every couple of weeks. Yeah, and if you want a full breakdown on Money in the Bank, listen to our buddy Christopher Morin and the Peeps Nate did a full breakdown of the event. You can catch them anywhere you listen to podcasts, the Morin's Law podcast. They did a really good in depth breakdown on the whole entire uh, Money in the Bank show. But Jay, coming out of Money in the Bank. On Raw, we had a couple of things happen. We had the Karrion Cross thing. We had the, the cash-in. We had the return of Keith Lee. Now, a lot of times we'll say, and, and I don't know if you say as much as I do, even if I don't like something, if the crowd is truly into it, I could, I'll look past it and I'll be like, all right, it's not for me, but it works. The Nikki Ash character does not work for me. I understand that she came up the character herself, and if you're into something, that's great. But the crowd, and you could say the crowd was into everything on Monday, but the crowd was really into the Nikki Ash or Nikki Cross cash-in. So like I said, I think the superhero gimmick is dumb, and I don't think it really works, especially for someone my age. But you know what? I'm happy that for someone who put her time in all these years, has gone a run, but I don't know how long it's going to last. And also, I hope that this character evolves more, that it's just not... You know, okay, this, that, and this with Nikki Cross. You know, I think 
It's great that she won the title, but I don't know if she was the right person to win Money in the Bank. But you know the way they reacted on Monday when she cashed in, or they get excited oh, for every cash in. They get every cash in. They get excited. Okay. You know, I mean, if Troy the dog was climbing up there, well, that'd be an amazing feat—a dog climbing up a ladder. But you know, it, 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 it doesn't matter who it is; they get excited about a cash in. Air Troy. Yeah. It's Air Troy. It's not about the cash in. It's about a month from now where she's at, and so that it remains to be seen. Now, one of the things that we've read and that's been out there is that Vince really likes this character and that he thinks they can like, sell merchandise and it'll be good a good character for like young ladies and get and and you know, yeah, kids, but especially like young women, um, you know, you know, young little girls to get them in. Uh, so it's a good marketing opportunity. And we could say, well, what about like, I want this storyline. You know, it's about money, making money. It's about also like getting kids involved too. So, um, which I think I'm going to find out at some point. Um, so, I, you know, I get that. I don't love the character either. I think it's corny. And I, I think, but I'm also, you know, 40 something year old man. I think my only issue with her characters, I don't know what the longevity is of it. Like, like, how long can she just be this almost a superhero? Can she do this for like five years or in a year? Is it going to be like, all right, well, time to release her. You know, what's the shelf life on this? As far as Nikki cross herself, her poor husband got released, but for Nikki cross herself, she is a fantastic in ring worker. One of the best matches I've ever seen was at Asuka Nikki cross NXT Count falls count anywhere match. I mean, it was a tremendous, tremendous match. So she has all the ability in the world. And um, and also she Corey, the stuff she did with Alexa Bliss and their little tag team. And you know, I, I just think she's one of the most I think she's one of the most versatile wrestlers, man or woman on the roster. And so I'm really, really happy for her. Um, so more than it, you know what? If her characters, I don't love her character, but it gets over. I'm such a fan of hers that like, whatever, like some things in wrestling, it's like, I don't love it. It's not for me. I mean, there's a Texas death match. The guys are bleeding all over the place. It's a fucking mess, but people loved it. And sometimes you just go with it. As long as it doesn't offend you and someone likes it, you know, I mean, it's a little corny for me, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate on it. Absolutely. So we're running a little low on time here. So, so quickly, uh, Karrion Cross losing in 90 seconds to Jeff Hardy. Wow. wow. Internet wrestling community. Oh, we're all upset. Oh, what, what's he going to do? Go ahead. Hold on. Just give me a minute here. This won't be the full 35-minute rant that I was initially going to say. No, I'm kidding. Um, but he lost in 90 seconds to Jeff Hardy, who, yes, Jeff Hardy's a legend. And he came back with his old music, which is great, in front of a live crowd. But Jeff Hardy has basically lo- has lost to Shanky this past year. He's like, from what I read, he was like six and thirty-one in his last thirty-seven matches. It's not like you know. I don't believe that Karrion Cross is going to be a job guy like other people are saying online now. I'm saying the he's going to be. People are saying he's going to be a job guy. Oh, the internet wrestling people are community. so upset. People are. Oh saying, my over- god! It's overreaction central. Absolutely. Oh my but god! But my bigger thing is the idea that. The guy went undefeated for a year and a half in NXT. He's no one's been able to beat him. And then didn't we complain. Of, didn't we complain about him going undefeated? But so, the, so when he loses, actually means something. 
Hey, next week, he, he could go on a rampage and kill everyone in the WWE on Raw, or maybe he's, he won't be there for a while. Who knows what they'll do? But me personally, I think if, if I was in NXT right now, I'd be sitting there going, so I do all this work on the, down there, and I go up, and basically everything I've done in NXT means nothing. I mean, they took away his music. They took away his basically his entrance. They took away his wife. They took away, you know, his basically him being most dominant guy and being only person being more protected in the WWE for that time period is most likely initially the fiend where, you know, he basically didn't sell anything. It was just, what does NXT mean to the main roster? And then, you know, it doesn't mean anything. We know, we already know this. What are we doing here? We know NXT doesn't mean anything on the main roster. They don't do the same shit that the guys do the, don't do the same gimmicks. Keith Lee, they don't have the same music. They don't have the same ring attire. That was a, that was a, Half these guys get, it doesn't matter. Half these guys get released within a, a couple of years. Like, it, like what happens in NXT has nothing to do with Raw. It doesn't. Now, I, I, don't, I don't give a shit that they lost in 90 seconds. I want to see what happens within the next month or so and how he comes back from this. That's what I want to see happen. My biggest issue is that he did not have his entrance. Where was his uh, girlfriend, wife? I don't know what she is. I I think she's his girlfriend still. I mean, I think it's his wife, but whatever. No, pretty sure it's his girlfriend. All right, fine. Um, Maybe fiance, split the difference. Where is she at? Where's the smoke? Where's his big entrance? He came out there just looking like a, like, you know, he had this music. He kind of looked like a, I don't know. I think that's part of his appeal, part of his whole thing. And to take that away, that's the, because to me, wins and losses are a thing. And I know you love always, it's the most important thing in the world for you. To me, wrestling is entertainment. It's a show. The reason why AEW does so much better than NXT is not because the wrestling's better. It's not, but it's a better show. It's a better presentation. And what Karen Cross does with that entrance, that's a show, that's entertainment, that's a big deal. And I don't know what they did on Monday. I don't know what they were thinking about. Maybe he lost and is and next week or two weeks from now, he's gonna have that entrance with Scarlett. Maybe that's maybe that's where they're going with it. They didn't bring him up to lose in 90 seconds. And you know, there's you know, whatever someone told, I don't know, Meltzer or one or one of the dirt she guys that they're sending a message to NXT. They don't have to send a message. Andrade and Aleister Black, two former champions, were released. There's your message. Ricochet is, I mean, I'm, you know, whatever. Keith Lee, we see what they did with him. Those are all messages. Karrion Cross. if you didn't get the message from Karrion, from, from before Karrion Cross, then you got your head up your ass. This isn't a message. He lost a match. We'll see what the hell happens. Internet wrestling community, you know, calm, calm down, calm down. Be worried about more important things um, than, than, than that. So that, that's my take on that. It's, it's, a, it's people getting all, all hot and bothered because they want to get hot and bothered about something. All right, so not a, not a big, not a big deal. Give it a couple of weeks. All right. We'll agree to disagree on that one. I do think it was, it was interesting to say the least that, when they did the two tape, they did the tapings for the next two weeks of programming, which we won't get into any spoilers. Um, there are spoilers on the Wrestling Life group 
if you want to take a look at them or I'm sure a lot of other sites. But apparently, and Jay, I don't know if you saw this already, they actually at NXT, they actually had to go redo the carrying cross segment because the fans were chanting Hardy throughout the whole entire segment. So they had to, had, to, had to go and refilm it at the end. And you had someone who was actually there went and uh, wrote, and you could say maybe he's joking or not, but they actually told him, hey, there's going to be a big surprise and a big thing, so everybody's got to stay. And everybody's trying to go, and they told him, you got to stay. And when they come back and stay, they refilm the segment, you know, making sure he doesn't get uh, with the Hardy chance. So, I mean, the NXT fans, you know, Maybe watch some of them watch, you know, the main product. But I do find it interesting what will happen in the next couple of weeks on NXT with Samoa Joe and uh, Karen. I mean, Samoa Joe is going to win the title. I mean, that's what's going to, that's what's happening. Samoa Joe is going to win the title and Karen Cross is going to go to the main roster. Yeah. All right. So um, going a little bit quicker here, hopefully. Uh, I don't, Jay, I don't know if you got a chance to see at least highlights. I saw a couple of highlights here and there of Slammiversary. TNA's big show, but I, I know, did not. I was at a lake house in Michigan. Uh, no TV, no cell phone, just the water, hanging out with uh, friends of ours. It was it was awesome. So did not did not see it. So you so you'll have to report. I we know the big surprise, but well, so your wife didn't drown you. That's good. That's good. Uh, she did drive her crazy enough to drown you on the lake. Um, I don't know where that was going. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't either. I don't either. Jay White. Uh... So yeah, Jay White. You had a couple of the people debut. Mickey James and some Thunder Rosa was on the show. It was, from what I saw, it was a pretty solid show. But Jay White was there. I actually, before we got on uh, today, I was watching the first half of, of Impact where Jay White cut a really solid promo. And there, Jay, I'm going to do a slight spoil here because it actually happened. Chris Bay is now part of the Bullet Club. The two of them. Why are- would you spoil that? Because it happened already, and it's not a spoiler because it's not something that's happening. They he joined in their face. Uh, they had a really good segment with the two of them, and also with the segment. Why would you? Them. Why would you ruin that? You're not gonna watch it anyway. <laughs> no, Corey. I'm seriously was gonna watch it this week. Jay White showed up, of, and they said someone joined a Bullet Club. So of course I'm gonna watch it. Ay yeah yeah. Corey, uh, guys. Corey loves um, because you know. I'm married and have a full-time job and have all this stuff going on. And Corey has a job where he has a little bit more availability to stuff. And so he loves spoiling things um, for me. And so he did it here uh, on this very podcast. Corey, stop spoiling stuff. Stop it. And stop stop for people to, if people don't are watching this live, they might not have watched it yet. All right, well, I more was giving my reaction. I thought it was a really good segment that people should check out. I should have not said the Chris Bay part, but I thought it was a really well done segment. People should check it out. I think Jay White is going to be a spark for impact. And based on what I've seen, I know there's most likely you want a homegrown guy to face Kenny Omega at Bound for Glory if he still has a title at the time. But after watching the, watching the segment and everything else, I want to see Jay White versus Kenny Omega at Bound for Glory. That's- I mean, of course, of, of course, homegrown guy. Get out of here. Jay White. I mean, the two biggest stars are the guys from outside the company. Of course, it's going to be those two guys in the main event. I mean, you could I mean, you could say, um, you know, what does this say for the guys who are there? You know, Omega's beating everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it should, but yeah. He's beating all the top guys. And is there anybody, like, Swan, 
Moose and Callahan. Those are their three main event guys, right? And Eddie Edwards, who, you know, um, and they they beat their main event guys. So, I mean, who else is there for him to beat? When is uh, when is Bound for Glory? Isn't it October? October, it? yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jay White's going to be around for a while. I mean, I know they can just tape shows, but I mean, that's a long time for him to be around. No? Hey and who knows if it happens? Maybe it's... Uh... Maybe it's Chris Bay gets the big bump from being with Jay White and winds up facing, you know, uh, Kenny Omega at Bound for Glory. I mean, we we have said that the three guys they should build a company around are Chris Bay, Ace Austin, and Trey Miguel. So, I mean, we have called that for uh, quite a while in this very podcast. So it would make sense for Chris Bay to be the guy. Um, And so I, I don't know why we're still talking about this. We just spoiled a bunch of shit. So. We apologize if you have not watched um, Impact yet because it's going on that it just en- it just ended right a half hour ago. Yeah, but if you're on Central Time, like your boy here, well, I guess it would have just ended for me. It would started at seven, so whatever. I mean, so hopefully we didn't spoil it for you if you DVR and didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, but yeah, I I, 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 but beyond that, beyond that, you know, talking about something that just happened. I think he can have a big impact, right? I think a lot of people don't know him, but I think the internet wrestling community really knows him. And I think he'll drive some people to be interested in their show. Um, And I love it, Corey. I love the Bullet Club and how influential they still are. You got Jay White. You got Hikaleo is going to be in a big match next week. Um, And and we will get, I guess, I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about Dynamite, but... um, I did want to talk about one or two things about it, but yeah, I, I just, I, I think it's fantastic. I think Jay White can absolutely have a big impact. Um, they have nobody on that show other than Omega with his star power. And so hopefully guys get the shine from, from him. So um, yeah, just, it just makes impact better. Now, how do the guys who are they who are already there feel now they might say, Hey, you know what? We're bringing in a star. It's going to make your, paychecks bigger because buy rates are going to be higher right so you know but there's so there's still an argument to be made for some jealousy or people being upset in the locker room yeah absolutely and like i said i thought uh when i saw slam anniversary i thought it was a really solid show uh if you get a chance to watch it i would go and watch the it was only you know 10 or 12 minutes but i would watch the thunder rosa versus dina uh Perazzo match that was really good um and, you know, if you like the hardcore stuff, I thought they worked, both worked really hard. And you see how much Kenny Omega loves to do different things. He had a really, for what it was, a good hardcore match with Sammy Callahan. So those are the two. And, of course, the X Division six-way. You had three solid matches. I don't know if anything on the show was as good as, you know, maybe the women's match on Money in the Bank, the title match. I think that's mostly like, the best match of the weekend, but I thought those three matches were very, very solid. And I do apologize. Jay's right. I got too excited about the Chris Bay thing. My apologies. Jay will yell at me about it later on in the show. Um, so, so quickly, uh, you wanted a quick thoughts on dynamite and NXT this week. We'll go through them very fast. Uh, I thought dynamite was another really good show. I thought NXT was solid. Uh, it's a shame that the end of the women's title match, uh, looked like Xia Lee was basically knocked silly, so they had to go and uh, 
stop that for a couple of minutes and then, you know, still have her go and take a choke slam, which seemed a little weird. I really enjoyed uh, the stuff they're doing with uh, the way where it looks like the split up of that is happening. I think that's been an interesting uh, d- development there. But uh, Jay, what, what things stuck out to you, if anything, from uh, NXT this week? Yeah, I thought the show was okay. Um, obviously, they're building up Hit Row as kind of tweeners, uh, which I like that they're not making them be heels or baby faces. Um, the LA Knight thing is, is, is somewhat entertaining. I agree with you about the way. Um, I like what they're doing there. Um, you know, the, the, the women's title match, it's hard because Zaylee is not ready, you know, and so it's hard to put her against Raquel Gonzalez. Um, but I think the match was okay overall. It wasn't a bad match at all. I thought it was fine. But the seeds with the Dakota Kai, you know, make, making that face when Raquel Gonzalez made a comment about there's nobody, oh, there's no one left to, for me to face. And Dakota Kai, like, made a little bit of a face. And, like, I love that. Like, I love those little, those little planting those little seeds. That's something that the main roster just, Vince just really struggles with. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed NXT. Thought it was a solid show. I would say my only thing is I think the breakout tournament hasn't been amazing. I would like, agree it's like, oh, it's like, oh, the big guys win. Okay. Well, all right, there we go. The big guys win. So I think that's the breakout tournament hasn't been great. Um, you know, there hasn't been a really good match. Now it is different, right? The last breakout tournament, we were excited for a lot of the guys. And like, I don't really have any excitement for any of these people. So, um, you know, I'd say that's been a little bit of a disappointment. And the matches themselves haven't been particularly good. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's been a little bit of a struggle. But, yeah, other than that, NXT, it's its usual, usual solid self. I thought um, uh, the Kyle O'Reilly match was good this week against Austin Theory. And, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see where they go from there. Uh, Diamond Mine. I already feel like I, I already feel like they're like a jobber stable. Uh, I I just I just they feel like a jobber stable to me. Um, but you know we'll see what what happens with Roderick Strong and and Kushida and how they get their heat back. But overall, solid NXT show. Nothing crazy though. I guess the only thing just do you think it's too soon? And we'll move on to Dynamite right after this. Please. Do you think it's too soon to to break up Raquel and Dakota, or do you think it's time? Because I, I think that it's I think the breakup is happening either now or very soon. So I mean, yeah, I think I think uh, the next pay per view is in a month. Um, uh, I think it's exactly a month. Um, and so yeah, I think uh, I think a month from now, the next show, the next big show, I think you can you can really heat things up. There's really no one out for else for her to go against other than like Frankie Monet, who's kind of doing her own thing right now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think this would be a good time. You have five, five weeks or four weeks to build up a story with the two of them. And uh, I think it could be a really, a really, really good story. So yeah, yeah. I, I'd August love to see it. Second is the uh, next takeover. And if yeah. your dual uh, main event, if your two main events are, uh, Dakota versus uh, Raquel and Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross, who loses in 90 seconds on the main roster. I'm not harping on anything. Um, I think that's a pretty good one-two punch. And uh, Alex Mercado just quickly asked, Zia Lee to the main roster now? Or do you think uh, after, you know, basically going for the title and losing, do you think it's her next step as the main roster? Or do you think there's more for her to do in NXT? Uh, that's a good point. 
That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. And she didn't come out with uh, Tian Sha, Tian Sha, Tian Sha. Um, so, and, and yeah, no, that's a good point. Maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, they, they really want um, like a Chinese uh, wrestler for the Chinese market. Xia Li is, I just think she has like work to do still, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, listen, Mandy Rose is on the main roster and she was, she had a lot of growing pains. <laughs> what? He's now in NXT again, but I see what you're well, saying. You know what I mean? No, I'm just in the main roster for what? Two years. Right. So, um, so she's had a lot of growing pains. Um, and you know, she got better over time. She's still, you know, she's not Ric Flair, but she's, she's gotten better. And maybe you have Zayali go to the main roster and, and work with some of the better women there. And maybe she improves. Um, so, I mean, if she goes to the main roster, it'll be fine. It won't be a big deal, but maybe it is time for her to go. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, so moving on quickly to dynamite, uh, things that I enjoyed a lot this past week, I thought the promo package, uh, slash, uh, mini cotton, like news conference, they press conference they did with, um, Santana Ortiz and the, and FTR. I thought that Santana once again is a great promo and as, Good as I think as they were tag team, I think there could be some point a singles run, especially as good as he is on the mic. I felt his passion, and you know, he felt the story. And of course, the story is real, but I felt the story was real. Him talking about you know his mother and everything she did to get them out of where they were, and it brought you know a little raw emotion to that. And I thought that really worked. And I don't know about you, Jay. I watched, I watched the documentary on Vice, but I still don't care about Nick Gage uh, next week. Neither do I. And I don't really care about the pain maker either. Um, but you know, that'll be fine. Um, yeah, so so thoughts on quick thoughts on dynamite. Um, Orange Cassidy's a star. I really, really enjoy his matches. Is there a problem with Cassidy and uh, Sting, like some of the uh, internet psychopaths, you know, being annoyed that the legend Sting actually had a little fun, or did you not care of about co- of course I didn't care about that. Wrestling is entertainment, entertainment. I, what are we doing here? Just go watch New Japan and just just get just stop. Watch people get off the internet and go watch New Japan. If you don't want to, if you want to see, and they do entertainment too. So like, just don't watch. I don't know. Watch like college wrestling because that's all they do. They just wrestle, right? I I, I don't know. It's it's I'm so annoyed by that stupid shit. It was fun. It was really funny. Like I I thought it was fun. And that's what Orange Cassidy is, right? So, like, don't get me started with that. Don't, don't get me started with that shit. Um, so, so yeah, um, I I thought the Texas Death Match. I mean, it was crazy. It was fun. Like, it was a fun match to watch. But I'm like, I, I didn't like the spot and Jason Powell pointed out or Jake Barnett when he power slammed him through those chairs or choke slammed him through those chairs. I just think that's so bad on the spine. I think some of the spots are just unnecessary. I really do. Um, also, I mean, every week there is a hardcore match. At some point, these these matches have to like, like they just they're gonna have to keep going with bigger spots and bigger spots and bigger spots, right? Um, and so I know Tony Khan was a huge ECW fan. Uh, so 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 are many of the wrestlers now. But I mean, at what point do you say, okay, like, you know, w- what are we doing here? So. Um, but overall, I thought it was a it was a good it was a good entertaining show. Um, I think the introduction of Hikaleo was interesting. Oh, also, the fact that Kazarian lose 
He's the elite hunter. They've been putting him over hard. They've been doing all this stuff with him. And then he just loses and that's it. So how's he going to get his heat back? Or, or, or is he not to be seen again? He goes back to Tracy Brooks and we don't see him for a while. I, I don't know. I but I think an impact in the next couple of weeks, I, they said. So it'll be interesting where he does there. But I, I, I see your point. Yeah. That. I mean, but maybe that was that was it, right? Like, but so what, you know, again, just an interesting thing. Um, so so there's that. And then, um, but the Hikaleo thing, you know, I know who he is. You know who he is. We watch New Japan Strong pretty regularly. Um, I think he's getting there, but he's not there. I think it's a very big stage for him. Um, I think they paired him with a good opponent because Lance Archer is very good and he they can just wrestle big man style and just beat the shit out of each other. But the fans don't know who he is at all. And they try to put him over, but it's hard because they spend so much time putting so much stuff over that things get lost in the shuffle. And so we don't know anything about Hikaleo. If you've just been watching AEW, you have no idea who this is. Who is this big guy with a Bullet Club shirt on? Is he a fan? He's really big for a fan. And so they need to do some type of, unless it's going to be like just a match to throw in there, which I think I suspect it's going to be, but why not make that match like two weeks from now? Why not give us a story of Hikaleo a little bit and, have Haku cut a promo and don't fucking Tamatanga get in there for, for shits and giggles, you know? Um, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I don't like how they've, they've built that. Um, but it also could be a thing where, Hey, let's introduce him to the audience and then kind of see what happens, see how people react to him. Um, I think that's part of what Tony Khan's doing. Um, so yeah, overall though, a pretty good show. Corey, I know people love Jericho. I love him too. He's a top five all-time guy for me. Uh, his matches are just not, they're just clunky and they're just not really good anymore. Um, I, and, oh, sorry. No, so uh, that's my that's my big thing. I thought the Jericho uh, match was fine for what it was. I mean, I would like to have seen him look a little bit better shape. I mean, there are weeks where Jericho looks like he's in really good shape and then there's other ones where he looks like, you know, the meme and when he was getting made fun of by the guys who are watching, you know, Corey, he looks the same every week. I, he's not, his body's not, his body's not, his body's not changing. He's 50 years old. He works out. He eats well. He's in way better shape than 99% of people at his age, but he's a pro wrestler who doesn't have a shirt on. And so he just doesn't, it's just not going to look great. And he, it's like, Oh, this week he's, he really put himself in shape. And then last next week, Oh man, he really got fat. Like it doesn't, doesn't weight doesn't work that way. Okay. Um, like it doesn't work that way. Overall, he just looks even beyond his physique, which I think people spend too much time harping on. Mm-hmm. His he's slow. He's just really slow, and his he's he's off in his movements. With the it's like uh, they say sometimes wrestling is like a, like dancing, right? Like you're moving with your opponent, and sometimes he just doesn't he just doesn't move well. Um, you know, with the opponents. Uh, and the other thing is, um, Britt Baker has gotten a lot better and she is a star on the mic. She has a lot of improvements still to do in the ring. And I know Nyla Rose is no, you know, she's no Ric Flair, but it was not a good match. And I don't know, you know, we'll see how they go. 
you know, Thunder Rosa could wrestle a good match against anyone. And she wrestled a great match against her previously. So I expect them to have a good match. But um, when your champion is not Sheeta, when your champion is expected to carry the women in the division, she's got to be a really good wrestler. And, um, you know, because you're carrying a division with a lot of women who are up and coming people. And, you know, I don't, I mean, Sheeta wrestled great matches with Tate Conti. So it's like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how, how it goes over the next few weeks. But again, Burke Baker's a star. So, I mean, you know, it, so, it is what it is. So quickly here, two things. That is my opinion. Then we'll get to the end of the show. I, I thought we were at the end of the show. Very, very close. Um, one, I totally agree with you on the, uh, the Britt Baker, Britt Baker match we said earlier, where you know, I thought the last couple minutes was good. The two things. One, I thought it was an amazing thing. I don't, it shouldn't be this hard. But if a guy's in his hometown, you go and put him over. I thought that was really good. That they, Especially the fact he kept on losing big matches. Lance Hoyt in Texas won. Would have been nice to see they could have done the same thing for Keith Lee. He didn't have, should have not been facing Lashley, but it would have been nice to see him, you know, win his return. And two, and this is just me. I haven't heard this anywhere. I'd love to see this happen. Next week, Dynamite is in North Carolina. Big Stable was in North Carolina and their biggest members. I would not have a problem if you had a uh, pipe dream. I know Tessa Blanchard come out in front of that crowd. And you set the build for Tessa versus Britt Baker all out. I'm, I'm sure it won't happen, but if you want to debut her in a place where she might get cheered, especially when you had the horsemen there with Flair and Tully and everybody else, that'd be a good, pretty good place to debut her, but who knows if she's ever coming in. All right. Interesting theory. But uh, Jay, we covered. And, and I'm really good. For, I'm, I'm happy for Lance Archer. He needed a win. You're right. And, you know, Jay, we covered a lot of great stuff. Uh, but this is the point where you give me a second to take a deep breath, like you've been doing all show, and let people know how they could follow us and everyone else. Sure. Uh, we're part of the Great Life Group uh, podcast. We've got Dong City on Monday with Henry and Vince. Tuesday, we've got the Audible, the uh, Matt Randy, the football podcast. Training camp is starting next week. Uh, Thursday, you've got us, Work, Shoot, Wrestling podcast. Uh, Friday, we've got the Step Back with Jacob and Leah. Congratulations to the Bucks. Not congratulations to my bank account. Uh, and Sunday, you've got uh, Total Bases with Felipe and Sean. Uh, they do more more fantasy stuff. So uh, five days a five days during a week, you've got a you've got a podcast live that you can you can check out. And on that day when there is no podcast, usually Wednesdays, every other week there is another podcast that we're involved with, which is coming up close to 100 episodes. Jay, do you remember what that comedy podcast might be? I'm a little tired and it's 10 o'clock at night here, but I'm just going to do it. You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie, Jackie, Andy, Jackie, Rachel, Jackie, Corey, the comedy podcast for the ages. Very cool. This week uh, we came out with the third episode with Ken Beck uh, talking about comedy and me mostly checking out of actually doing a comedy set because I have no backbone and I'm not funny, but we'll see how that goes. Episode 98 of the podcast came out this past Wednesday. We'll be talking more. Apparently, we're going to have to be watching this Netflix show called Sexy Beast, which looks horrifically bad. I don't know, Jay, if you've actually actually seen the promos for this, where people in England are wearing uh, masks, and basically it's just another way of doing a blind date. And uh, I watched the first episode. Oh, boy. You know, just another bunch of beautiful people who some reason can't can't find each other but we'll show their personalities and, and we'll and they're all hot no matter what anyway but 
Uh, Jay, a lot of good stuff covered this week. Uh, we'll be back hopefully next week with another all-new podcast talking about if we have more information in regards to these big free agent signings. So, Jason, as always, the final word is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.